Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. Carla and I will be co-hosting again this week, and we'll be breaking down some historical events, give you an update on what happened today in history, and give you some random musings. And then at the end, we'll share some thoughts on our walk with Jesus. So we'll give you a chance to brew your brain, sharpen your wit, and enrich your faith. Carla, thanks for joining me again this week. So happy to be here. Hello, Daily Grind. All right. You got a mug of your favorite brew? I do. Then let's get this show on the road. Okay. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Monday, October 2nd. And on this date in 1789, the United States Bill of Rights was sent out to the 13 states for ratification. Remember, a week ago, we talked about it passing Congress, but it had to go get ratified by all the states. So I'm so glad it did. I am, too. And on this date in 1872, Phineas Fogg places a wager of 20,000 pounds that he could travel around the world in 80 days. That's (laughs) fictional. It's Jewel Verne's, <laughs> but it was on this date that that okay. story took place. <laughs> Great. In 1967, on this date, Thurgood Marshall was sworn in as the first African-American justice of the United States Supreme Court. That is indeed historic. 1967. I mean, just think about what was happening in the world at that time. <sighs> kind of amazing. And on this date in 1950... Charles Schultz debuted a comic strip called Peanuts. Oh, one of my favorites. Oh, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Charlie Brown and the gang. I know. And so coincidentally, (laughs) October 2nd is Snoopy's birthday. Oh, Happy birthday, Snoopy Dog. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Snoopy. And October 2nd is Fried Scallops Day. Okay. It's the day of nonviolence. Okay. Let's see if we can all pull that off. <laughs> it's Phileas Fogg Wager Day, of course. <laughs> okay. It is World Farm Animal Day. Okay. Okay, um, not to be confused with Animal Farm Day. Totally different thing. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh, and it is, it is World Smile Day. Oh, I love it. So I give, love it. give one. I guarantee you, you'll probably get one back. Great plan. Great plan. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. The state of Michigan is only 58% land. The other 42% of that state is comprised of bodies of water, rivers, ponds, lakes, Lakes. etc. Big lakes. Big lakes. Carla, there are seven authors who have had books hit the number one on both the New York Times fiction and nonfiction bestseller list. Really? Some you would suspect, and some are a little surprising. Here are those seven authors that have had a number one on both the fiction and nonfiction on the New York Times bestseller list. John Steinbeck. Okay. Ernest Hemingway. Okay. Mitch Album. Okay. William Stryon. 
Uh, that one's surprising me. Irving Wallace. Okay. Dr. Seuss. Okay. <laughs> and Jimmy Buffett. Oh, that one surprises me too. Way to go, guys. I know. Okay. I know. And, and rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. Right. He just left us <laughs> a little while ago. Frederick Bauer, who, okay. if you don't know, was a chemist. And did this amazing thing with dehydrated potato flakes where he made this potato slurry that he formed into a unique chip that could be stacked and then placed in a can. Yes, he's the man that invented Pringles. Pringles. (laughs) And the Pringle can. And when he passed away in 2008, he had his ashes... No. Put into a Pringle can. Of course, he and did. that's what he was buried in. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's crazy. So, Carla, do you know the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? I do not. I've never considered that they were not the same. Basically, a graveyard is a cemetery but not all cemeteries are graveyards and here's the distinction and it's probably one we don't pay much attention to but it's a little bit nuanced cemeteries consider burial grounds while the older term graveyard is really considered a burial ground that is attached to a church because there used to be a church right and a churchyard yes churchyard would be a grave graveyard yes and then um, that's how everything was. But then as the populations grew and churchyards started running out of space, they had cemeteries. So there you I go. Got it. Like the annex. Yeah. Okay. The term, give them an inch and they'll take a mile, is really a example of how language evolves and changes because that makes sense to our modern hearing. But the original colloquialism was give them an inch and they'll take an L. Oh. E-L-L. (laughs) And the L used to be a unit of measure that was equal to about 37 inches. Okay. (laughs) Give them an inch and they'll take an L. But but as that went past, you know, we became a little more hyperbolic apparently too. (laughs) A mile. First it was an L and then it was a mile. Okay. Okay. Glass has been recycled for almost 3,000 years. What? Okay. Okay. Uh, Because it never wears out as a raw material. Okay. You turn it into mosaics and art. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be melted down, reused, all that kind of stuff. Okay. How about that? That's cool. I love glass blowing. That's a thing that fascinates me. I I could watch. That's hypnotic to me. I know, right? Yes. Just going, what did you just do there? That's really cool. Carla, a group of Hurons <laughs> is called a siege. Oh, a siege of Hurons. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Carla, I don't know if you knew this or were aware, but Sean Connery wore a toupee in every James Bond film that he started. I had no idea. What? Yep. Okay. 007 had, I wonder, I would have gone, you should have just built that in and had Q make his hair do some sort of incredible <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> right. Like the watch oh, in the car. A got gadget. Some, a hair some gadget. Some toupee gadget. <laughs> oh, 
I will make this quick, but you know, at the college, we got rid of all of our phones. Really? <laughs> oh no. How do you talk and to each other? On the computer. But where oh. my phone used to be, I took grandmother's old rotary phone from the ranch and just have it on my desk as just kind of a oh, I guess desk fun. art now. Yeah, oh. it is. It's very therapeutic. I love that. Oh, here's a little bit of trivia, though, on old rotary phones, which, I mean, had a good run from like 1892 to the 1980s. That's a long run. Yes. Nearly, nearly 100 years in the 80s. They started getting replaced by push buttons. Mm. But on the rotary phone, do you know what two letters don't show up on a rotary phone? I'm going to go Q and X, but I that's. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good guess. You are so (laughs) close. Q spot on. And Z. Z, okay. And they think the reason they left those off is because those two letters are the two that really look a lot like zero and two. Right, okay. That makes sense. That's good. So, But I thought this was interesting. People have come by and gawked at that. And one of our IT guys said he was giving a presentation to younger kids uh, and had some older objects. And he said, I had some three and a half floppy disk. And one of the kid goes, that's so cool. Somebody did a 3D print of the save sign. The save sign. <laughs> 3D print like, of the save sign. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. No idea that's an actual thing. It's like, well, that's the save sign. Somebody made a 3D print of that. Oh, that's over. Generation. So Maybe oh, someday no. we'll have to have an entire sharpen your wit of, of things that <sighs> only boomers would know. <laughs> You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, the save sign. Oh, Lord help us. Okay. <laughs> All right. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. We're going to continue on our series of the celebration of discipline. And so far, we've explored the transformative power of meditation, prayer, and fasting. And now it's time that we're going to take a look at the discipline of study. That's a pretty straightforward concept. What goes into your mind shapes what comes out. It's like the saying, you reap what you sow. Or in a modern telling, garbage in, garbage out. Now, the Apostle Paul gives us a timeless piece of advice. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. You should set your mind on those things. Philippians 4.8. This verse underscores the importance of what we choose to focus on in our study. Study is the process by which our minds take on an order that aligns with what we concentrate on. It's a simple principle. Garbage in, garbage out. Beauty in, beauty out. The choice we make in our study habits have a profound impact on our lives. And this is precisely why Paul urged us to set our minds on these virtues. So what makes study a Christian spiritual discipline? Well, it's not just about what we study, but also about the spirit with which we approach study. So let's talk about the content of our study. Foster says that for Christians, our focus centers primarily on two books. Scripture, obviously, and then the book of nature. I mean, Paul says in Romans 1 that God reveals 
himself and his character through his creation. So with scripture, we begin by quieting ourselves to be attentive to the word within it. Then we read, we reflect, we absorb, we let scripture read us and apply its teaching to our lives. When it comes to the book of nature, the process is much the same. We observe, we listen, we reflect, we absorb, and we allow nature to teach us valuable lessons to apply in our daily living. Of the utmost importance is the spirit with which we approach our study. And humility is the key. We come with open hands and open hearts, ready to be molded by the subject matter. We approach it as students, not as teachers, as wholehearted learners. We want to stand under the text of scripture and under the teaching of nature. Without this spirit of humility, study can lead to arrogance and arrogance and a teachable spirit can't coexist. So let's break down four well-recognized steps to study. The first is repetition. And repetition is the practice of regularly directing our minds in a specific direction. It ingrains habits of thought. Even if we don't really understand what we're repeating, repetition can change our behavior over time. The second step is concentration. That clears away the clutter of a thousand distractions and focuses our minds on one thing. It allows us to be truly present in the moment which is a rare and precious gift and takes work and effort. It is a discipline. The third step is comprehension. Comprehension is that light bulb going off moment when something that you've been reading and studying suddenly clicks and it catapults you to a new level of growth or freedom. It brings insight and it brings discernment and direction. And step four is reflection. So while comprehension tells us what we're studying, Reflection helps us understand the significance of what we're studying. It allows us to see things from God's perspective, for us to gain deeper wisdom and insight. The culmination of these steps is that study produces joy. That's right. It might feel like hard work in the beginning, like anything that you're learning and taking on for the first time. But As you grow in your proficiency, so does your joy. And study is a divine discipline. It's ordained by God for the training of the mind in righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. So as we wrap up today's episode, I want to give some practical steps you can take this week. So I would encourage you to consider studying a book of the Bible. And you might want to start with a shorter one, like one of the minor prophets from the Old Testament or a New Testament letter. For example, 1 John. You can read that thing in about 10 minutes. And as you hear our six questions to ponder throughout the week, and I'll put these in the show notes along with Foster's recommended daily scripture readings. And the first one is, what is the author saying? So write down what the author is saying without trying to interpret it. And second, what is the author here? Think about what the audience would have understood and if there's a deeper message there. And this one may seem a little strange, but third, I would ask, is the author right or wrong? Reflect on what seems challenging or hard to understand. And remember, sometimes scripture is descriptive and not prescriptive. And fourth, how does your life experience shape your reading? I mean, consider how your experiences influence your interpretation of scripture. And fifth, ask, how does this book relate to the Bible as a whole? 
if you're studying a New Testament book, explore its connections with the Old Testament. And I will tell you, I think the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Sixth, I would encourage you to consider community. Who can you discuss this reading with? The Bible was meant to be read in groups. Sharing insights with others can enhance your understanding. So why not read the same book with a friend and discuss it at the end of the week? Sharing insights with others can enhance your understanding and lead to a deeper connection with the text and with each other. It's really an important part of body life. Well, that's really it for today's episode of The Daily Grind. I want to thank you for joining me on this journey as we look at the discipline of study. And if you got something out of this episode, don't forget to subscribe and to share it with others who might benefit from it. And as you go about your daily grind, remember that study isn't just the accumulation of knowledge. It's about shaping your mind, heart, and soul in alignment with what is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, and commendable. It's about finding joy in the process of growth and transformation. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow on the Daily Grind. Have a fantastic Monday. Grace and peace to you in the name